For Chinese medicine, the liver is a source of rage. After experiencing a liver infection while traveling in India, and a bout of rage while being treated months later in France, he began asking himself where this rage came from. He traced it back to his early childhood. As a French osteopath, he now treats children with emotional disorders. As he places his hands on them, he puts his intention on the entanglement of the mind, body, and spirit. He has learned how emotions from the past may be held in the body and released later, sometimes through osteopathic treatments. Enjoy this conversation as we learn from Laurent about perceiving the mind, body, and spirit through our hands and helping our patients reach stillness. Welcome to 86 of the Osteopathic Manipulative Medicine podcast, where we share clinical stories and pearls related to osteopathic medicine. I'm your host, Dr. Ben Green, now a third-year osteopathic neuromusculoskeletal medicine resident at Michigan State University. Our guest this morning is a European osteopath from France, who at the beginning of his career worked as a physiotherapist. Today, he is an osteopath who sees his career as one of service. He holds in esteem the importance of developing oneself spiritually and is continuously learning about the connection of the mind, body, and spirit. He has taken courses on integral somatic psychotherapy with Raja Selvam, a PhD in psychology, who developed this technique. He practices Vipassana meditation as well as yoga having had instruction from different yoga masters in India. In 2024, he will offer a course to osteopaths on the osteopathic treatment of children with emotional disorders. His main interest lies in how osteopathy may serve as a means in helping children develop balanced lives. For being on the podcast, Laurent Maillard. Hello. I'm so happy to be with you today. I'm it's great to listen to this presentation. It's a yeah. nice path from from twenty years of, of practice, and yeah, I'm I'm very happy to share with you a bit of um, the experience on the on the way. And we're we're happy to to listen to you your twenty years of clinical experience, and you're coming to us all the way from France. So it's it's yeah. great that we have this modern technology where we can connect with people from all over the world and learn from each one of your experiences. So yeah, thanks for taking time to share your story. It's great. It's great. And for me today in my daily life as a, as a father also, it's, I don't get so much time to read like before. And podcast is a, is a very good way for me to, to listen to the experience of other practitioners so I'm very happy to, to, to be able to, to share with you today um, yeah, my experience in, in this work and its, it's passion, with, which is osteopathy. Uh, yeah. Lovely, lovely path. Yeah, that's great. I love talking to people who are passionate about what they do. So, mm. Laurent, and I'm, I'm so sorry because my French is, is mm. terrible, so I apologize to you and your parents for my poor pronunciation <laughs> of your name. Yeah. But if you had to describe yourself, 
who you are in a sentence or two, how would you do that for the audience? Yeah. Um, as you said, uh, I started as a, as a physiotherapist in 2002. And uh, right away after my certification, um, I decided not to work on, on a daily basis uh, in a clinic. And I only replaced people when they were living in holidays or when mother were pregnant. And for like four to six months every year, I was traveling mostly in India, mostly in Asia and in India to, to, to do courses, to do trekking and to travel. And lots of, I, I, I took a lot of time to do courses in, in yoga and meditation, uh, sharing time with um, some great teachers. And I learned so much from these countries because still today the tradition is very present and the tradition doesn't uh, cut off the, the mind and the body. There is like a whole, yeah, there is a whole way of viewing the, the, the body, the consciousness and how everything is related in our body. So it's very, very present in that tradition. And I learned so much that because in France and in Western country, we have like a bit cut things and there is a duality between mind and body, which is an illusion for me. And from this perspective, I, I started again the training, the five years training in osteopathy in France, where uh, it was a very nice training, but a bit mechanical, too much, too yeah, too much mechanical for me. But yeah, I, I took what was good in this training, and I tried to incorporate um, this experience of Asia, India, in my in my way of in my way of interacting with the, the body and with the, the symptoms. And from there, I always continue to learn to, to make it deeper and to be able to relate with more um, precision and were to be able to, to meet the need the, the deeper the deeper need behind the the physical symptom so yeah the, the, this balance from east and west from yoga and osteopathy is um is is, is something that has helped me a lot to be the osteopath I am today yeah where did your interest in the mind body spirit connection where does that come from yeah uh, in 2004, uh, after my first travel in India, um, I, I traveled six weeks and I lost nine kilograms. I don't know in, in US how you, but it's, it's a lot in six, in six weeks. And seven months after my travel, I get an infection in my liver. So I went to the hospital I got half liter of infection in my liver and the septicemia. So I, I've been treated in the hospital. And in that time, I was working as a physiotherapist with, with, with a guy who was 
very interesting in emotional issue in um, pathology. So he said to me, you know, in, in um, Chinese medicine, liver is connected to anger. And okay, okay, but I, I don't think I've got the problem with anger. But still in my body, I, I was able to feel like a tension between my diaphragm and my liver. Like I did not know if it was only some um, movement uh, disorder in this area. Um, in one ligament, for example, or if there was something more behind it. So I went to see an osteopath who was uh, sensitive to emotional issue. And on the table, I don't feel an anger. I feel like a rage. So I was very surprised to feel was a, was a, what I felt. And from this time, I never stopped to ask myself, how was it possible that I, I cut myself from this emotion? I cut myself from this sensation and from this emotion, which was kept in my, myself, I, 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 um, a pathology came and, and, from this time, from 20 years, I never stopped searching, trying to understand and try, try to come back to a, a fuller connection with my body to be able to get more sensation and be able to be closer to myself. And today in Europe, because we are so much cut from our body and the sensation, there is many, many things who are still unconscious. We, we are not able to feel. And I think it can be sometimes the bed for symptoms or pathology. Not all the time, but sometimes. And for me, from this, like getting symptoms starts to be a possibility to to recover and to get a, a better balance for from uh, a body mind and a, a, a spiritual uh, balance in, in in the whole of the individual and and these symptoms yeah sometimes want to bring us back to 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 a better state of balance so yes this is my story and from suffering um, I try to to understand and from this understanding to to better help people who sometimes don't know what is behind the suffering. Sure. So so many of the the reasons that I have heard, you know, while doing this podcast, physicians being very passionate or osteopaths, European osteopaths being very passionate about a specific topic, it's because they have experienced it in their own persona and that seems to be your experience so yeah just trying to recap a little bit trying to understand what you're saying so you went to india you lost a lot of weight over six weeks you went yeah. to the hospital they found you had a liver infection yeah 
Are you are you saying that? Well, and then you discovered that in Chinese medicine, the liver is connected to anger. And you thought to yourself, well, I don't think I'm an angry person. But then you went to see this um, this year, this um, osteopath who is very sensitive to the emotional realm of the person. You lie on the table and you become rageful Mm. is did that just come out of nowhere like unexpectedly or was there an event that caused this rage Mm. and are you saying that that rage that you had inside of you made you more susceptible to that liver infection yeah um there is not an event but there is a series of events when 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 you keep something inside you there is most of the time two possibilities there that can, there can be one big thing or there can be several small things that uh, add themselves on the time and that's for me that was the the, the rea- reason behind during my my children's time I, I could not express this anger and um, because I wanted to be um, uh, a good child, uh, I, I didn't express as much as I, as I needed. So this anger was kept in my body little by little by little by little. And 20 years after, this little by little be- became a big thing. Um, for the, for, from what I understand now of this um, infection, I think that um, the, the, the energy was locked, the information was locked in my body somewhere. It was in my liver, but it could be on another place. And it was locked there. And from there, because in India, um, the food is so dirty and my body is not able to deal with this um, all these pathogens in the food um, th- there was a meeting a, a meeting be- between a condition in my body and a meeting between this condition and an outside condition and when the meeting took place the the infection was uh, came in the uh, was able to express itself but it was a meeting between something in my, my in something inside myself and an outside condition, and maybe I could live more and more years with this anger inside myself. But if I didn't get the the, the conditions that was able to um, to to put my body in a more imbalance um, uh, condition. I, 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 my, I could live maybe longer, but hopefully, because now I can say hopefully, I get this infection. Because it, I, I could never be the osteopath I'm today without this infection. It, it, it opened my eyes and it reveals myself something very deep on our how it works. It yeah. could work. Yeah. It's a really fascinating story. So how... So your th- this experience shaped how you practice as an osteopath. How do you help people discover this emotional trauma 
or these, I would say, maybe negative emotions that they are storing in their body. It, it okay. seems like you want them to like heal and express yeah. this yeah. emotion that they have held in their body. How do you do that? Okay. The first thing I understand now is this information need to be welcome. So the problem is most of the time we cannot regulate because we don't get either the internal possibility or we don't get the outside welcome, mostly from our environment, our parents, that makes it, makes it able to discharge this information. So when the, the information is not discharged fully, a part of it stay in the body. So my, um, my attitude as an osteopath is open myself to listen with an attitude of welcome. You are welcome. And when you welcome someone and, and, and this person doesn't feel judged or he can open it himself to something that he has never been able to open. So in this possibility, there is two, two ways. Sometimes just the listening in the silence and the information in the body is enough to release the, the lock of this vital force in, in the body, of this information, it, it just allows something to, to free itself, and it's enough. But some, sometimes it's necessary to help someone to come back to the sensation behind it. So there is a relation during the, the, the practice when I uh, help uh, someone to express what he or she is feeling in the moment and we can um, the feeling will bring us to the information behind but the first thing is help someone to come back to the felt sense in in his body in our body and from the felt sense there is a thread to the information behind and from the felt sense Sometimes the information is, is able to get more space also because you are in an attitude of welcoming. So getting more space, it allows the process to, 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 to go on a, um, a level of discharge and the, the, the person is able to, to let it go more fully, not to keep it inside, but to let it go. And when someone is able to let it go, there is a kind of coming back to a more peaceful state, more tranquility. And yeah, the, the autonomic, autonomic nervous system is not able to, uh, can, can uh, start to release what is um, kept inside. So yeah, most of the time it's an imbalance also from in the autonomic nervous system. And when you allow it to do discharge, it, there is a balance that come back. And 
and the tension that the body is keeping because you when you want to keep something inside you need to put an involuntary tension you don't feel it because you are used to but it, the information the, the the tension is there and sometimes the people feel the difference only when they can relax oh i couldn't feel anymore that i i, I keep so much inside myself so um, yeah two ways either just listening in the silence and with the help of the hand or either with the help of the hand but also with with a more conscious uh, uh, interaction with their own feeling, their own felt sense. You're saying their own, like, so there's two ways. Listen, well, one, you're creating this attitude of welcomeness, this non judgmental environment. We're here for healing. And I feel like a lot of that starts with the practitioner themselves of yeah. having their own inner peace and serenity and being grounded and living in the present moment. Yeah. So you're creating this environment and then you're listening to the patient attentively. If you feel like there's still some tension here in their body, then do you go about asking them about some of the diving more deeply into the symptoms, the, um, the emotional symptoms that they're experiencing and what might be causing those symptoms, trying to have them do some introspection, self-reflection. And by doing that, trying to release those emotions and, and arrive to this more balanced, harmonious state. Am I understanding that correctly? Yeah. The, what is a bit tricky, and it's the art of practice, I, I can say it's coming from the experience and also being sensitive, is um, you, you, as a practitioner, you need to, to, to be with an attitude of service. What does it mean? It means that even if there is an emotional issue behind it, um, you need, as a practitioner, to know deep inside yourself if it's the right moment for this person to contact the emotion behind. Because there can be an information, but if the person is not ready either to discharge or either to hear, uh, to listen to the cause behind it, it's not necessary to go in it. You need to, to, to adapt yourself to this present moment and what is really needed for this person. So sometimes, that's why sometimes I work in the silence only an, as an osteopath. Sometimes I, uh, I put words, but it depends really on, on, on the maturation of the process of this person. And it comes with experience, but for me, it's very, very, very important to listen deeply and keep yourself in the, this service attitude because the words that uh, can, uh, that can come from our mouth can help, and sometimes they can let someone with information that they don't know what to do about, and 
they can even imbalance them because they will never forget what you said. And we, it's really, really this attitude of service is very, very, very important to help someone without injury. Yeah, I, I can definitely see that. You know, we talk about meeting the patient where they're at, and that can be really challenging. I mean, I mm-hmm. think I think that you're right. Um, experience will help you to better understand: is this person or is this person in front of me ready to? release this emotional tension that they have or or not Mm. Um, because i think you're absolutely right you know if you push too hard for that person to release that emotional tension you may injure them more or you may close that emotional tension in their bodies even more even more yeah yeah that's right that's right. That, that, that's why this attitude of, of service, because as practitioners, I think that many of us want to help. But what is helping? Mm-hmm. <laughs> is it from my ego as a practitioner that want to show that I, I get some some skills and 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 but. And and I think it's an error that that we can do at uh, at the beginning. But if you if you make this errors, you you know that something went wrong, either because there it's an internal feeling, or you got this person um, uh, saying to you some imbalance from mental plane or emotional plane that went after the session. So, yeah, when you want to work in in this field, you really, really need to come back to your heart, to your stillness inside, and be with the tempo, be with the tempo of things, um, because things come on right time. That's right. I also, you know, absolutely believe that people want to be profoundly listened to. I think that it's something that we may take for granted, but to really listen to not only the words that are being said by the patient, but what's thinking about what's behind those words. Mm. And not only words, but as we know, a lot of communication is actually nonverbal. Mm. So I think I think you're so right. Paying attention mm. to their body language, their facial mm. expressions, their hygiene, um, their attitude, and their words and what might be behind their words is so, so important as a practitioner who is yeah. trying to be sensitive to the emotional, spiritual realm of the person's health. Mm. And also, also, you are right. Thank you. Thank you. And also, because we, we, are, we can lie with the words, but the body is never lying. Yeah. If, you, right. if you listen deeply, 
that's our chance as osteopath. We we put our hands on their body, and if we go on it with this attitude of service, this attitude of welcoming, the body will reveal to you the mess, the, all the message behind, and not all, but what is needed in that moment, and. That's what I, I love also in osteopathy is it being able to um, get the information directly from the system, the, 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 the sensation, the perception. It's, it's great. It's really great because it's, it's never lying. It's always, it's there. Um, yeah. Our job is to, to learn to listen. Yeah, absolutely. Become professional listeners. <laughs> yeah, which is which is not um, easy, but uh, it's okay. And and on this path, um, so many um, physiotherapists, uh, psychotherapists, has helped me. Like Carl Rogers, would who, who described the active listening process, and. Um, yeah, there is like body psychotherapy, like biodynamic psychotherapy and somatic experiencing and focusing. It's all kind of all sort of, of psychotherapy who relate to the Feltons. And, and, and it has helped me a lot to understand also what I was feeling in the body. So, yeah. Very yeah. important. My, my my wife is a is a body psychotherapist, so also we we talk a lot together, and yeah, she has helped me a lot, a lot, a lot to understand what I understand today. Yeah, we should have brought her on the podcast too. <laughs> That's <okay>. What? <laughs> we should have had her on the podcast too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, it's, it's great. It's. A, it's a really good combination between osteopath, uh, osteopathy and psychotherapist. Because also what I learned from her is I am an osteopath. And I'm not a psychotherapist. Even if, even if I'm quite sensitive with, with emotions and information in the body, I'm still an osteopath. What, what does it mean? It means that I, 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 don't, I didn't get the training to fully interact with the right way with my patient um, and the understanding from the, the psychotherapist. But as an osteopath, I, I got all the, the body uh, training, the fundamentals um, like anatomy and physiology and autonomic nervous, nervous system. And when I had to this more um, um, fundamentals uh, theory, the, the understanding of how the emotions uh, uh, um, how our body live the emotions, I, I, I can work as an osteopath uh, with my hand, with my mostly with my hand, but sometimes people they need time to um, to bring our own consciousness on their process and and this time you need to 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 be trained as a as a 
psychotherapist. It's a it's a different way. I don't know if it's clear what I say, but um, uh, getting myself back as clearly what is being an osteopath, and there is this structure and function interrelation, and we can bring it to emotional issue, uh, but keeping the principles of osteopathy is very important and, and keeping myself in my in my place, my training and my limits is also very, very important for me. Yeah, that's I feel like that's somewhat of a tough line to draw. Yeah, yeah, it's a tough one. You know, like yeah. at what point do I think that this person who is diving into their emotional history and the trauma that may have instigated these negative emotions like when should i refer them to the psychotherapist the psychologist the psychiatrist um what what uh what i see is because with my wife we got patients we will come either to see her or me and for talking together, I, I feel that when people come to see an osteopath, from my perspective, most of the time they express a relation to their symptoms. Even if I talk to them or if we go uh, to a deeper level, when they come back, most of them, they come back to talk about their knee, their lumbar pain, their, their symptoms. When they come to see my wife, they come to see a psychotherapist. And what they bring to the session is someone, is, is something that, that inside themselves, they think is for the psychotherapist, is for a same, same problem what they will say to the psychotherapist or what they will say to the osteopath is most of the time is not the same because they got this um, belief that what I have to say to the osteopath is that and that. What I have to say to the physiotherapist is that and that. But when you open yourself to the, the psychotherapist to a deeper level, you open a door in your, inside yourself um, that the psychotherapist can um, um, can go can um, uh, can take the thread and and make the process with the door you open. If the if the person always open the door on their knee problem or on their symptoms uh, there and there, um, as an osteopath. Um, you will go on the door that the, this person is opening, and sometimes um, it can it can um, be difficult to really go deeper if they if they don't open themselves to the to to what is behind fully. Is it clear what I say? It it is, I think. And let me let me just clarify what I understand. Yeah. So. I, I experienced this as well. 
you know, patients will come to see me because of their low back pain, something structural, something physical in their body that is hurting them. They, They don't think about how emotional trauma or psychological trauma could also be affecting that same area. There's kind of a, a, a disconnect between emotions, which is one area, and I'll go see the psychologist for my cognitive behavioral therapy for this emotional trauma. But yeah, I'm going to see the osteopath because I've got low back pain that I've been having for months. Exactly. Um, yeah. Why, why do you think there is this dualistic idea of the person? And is that okay? Because you mentioned that earlier. In Western medicine, we kind of focus way more on the mechanics of the body and the health of the body. Whereas in Asian Eastern medicine, there's more of this mind, body, spirit interconnectedness. Mm. Oh, it's a, it's a very difficult question. I, what I can say, um, so in France, as osteopaths, we are not anymore physicians. Uh, we are practitioners. When, when, when osteopathy went to Europe, we lost the physician um, uh, certification. So, but still today in, in Western country, the way of interacting with the body and the disease is uh, mostly chemical. Um, osteopathy is more physical, how, how we, uh, we can interact in a physical way, but is chemical. So I think like, in the improvement of medicine, um, the medicine went, uh, uh, um, the understanding in medicine uh, went from going deeper and deeper in the cellular process and uh, physiology. And so we did all this uh, specification as a, a cardiologist and we cut things. And it makes improvement a lot in the medicine to treat pathology. In Eastern country, in their medicine, they never, never lost the wholeness. Never. They treat the symptoms in the wholeness. Uh, but in, in Western country, the medicine go very precise but with sometimes um, they lose that this wholeness of someone. So um, because our view of medicine is so important about our else, I think this the, the way medicine went to improve itself uh, cut a bit of the wholeness which is so important because we are not a disease. We are first, we are someone unique. There is no one like us. We got our own experience. We got our own life. We got our own stress, our own trauma, 
our own passion. We are unique and we are all. And I think for me, what is what I love about osteopathy is keeping this allness is in the uh, in the first uh, plan. We we see things from wholeness, and when you start to cut things, you put the mind in one place, you put the the, the, the emotion in another one, but there is a lack of connection that can come with time. Is it clear? Yes, yes. Um, so, you're right. It's a difficult question to answer. It's a big question yeah, to answer. It's a big question. And also there is all this philosophy from Descartes. And yeah, I think it's a mix of several things. But what I know for, from my travel in Asia is in their medicine, they, they, they use the Western medicine, which is incredibly incredible for, for many, many things. And they use it because you cannot treat some disease with, uh, with uh, only Chinese medicine or with only uh, yoga. You need just Western medicine. But in their way of viewing, there is still something that has kept a relation with wholeness. And yeah, and, and in this wholeness, there is the body. There is, there is an entanglement of body, mind, emotion, spiritual. Everything is, is inside the body. And when they relate, they, they relate to the disease with this understanding of wholeness. Yeah, man, I think that's so... What a powerful way to look at the person because mm. what I think it's very easy to just see and palpate the body Be mm. right because we are physical beings and it's very easy to touch the body right but mm -hmm. if you have the lens that this person in front of you who is your who is your patient is not just body but has this whole other realm to their existence which is their mental health and their spiritual well-being, I think mm. it it opens you up to so much more potential to help the person in front of you. Mm. Yeah, For, from the beginning, if you try, if you start to touch someone, and your belief is in this person, it's physiology, anatomy, the information that you will get from from, from your palpation. Right. will be physiology and anatomy That's because right. you are, a bit of your your perception has been cut off from a wholeness if it's if it's if inside yourself you still know deeper inside yourself that this person is a whole is a body mind spirit emotion anatomy physiology everything the information that you, you will get from your senses will be open to something bigger. And I was reading a few days ago some words from um, Robert Fulford. And this, this osteopath was incredible for me because 
he got all this training in osteopathy and anatomy and he, he can he can be able to talk about so much precision in the anatomy but also when needed he was able to relate some to some energetic plan energetic uh, informations and um, and chakras and uh, energetic body and so for me treating someone is able is being able to relate to what need to be seen and if you can only see the anatomical plane without the informations behind you will not be able to fully help this person because what needs to be seen is in the in the anatomy there is another information that only this gross body there is a in this ligament there is maybe a stress or a suffering. And if you are able to welcome it, to see, to welcome it fully, the person will be able to release even something bigger, uh, deeper inside, inside themselves. And I think for me is that the ability to, um, to, to welcome what is precisely stuck in size inside and if you are able as an osteopath to discriminate between traumatic physical traumatic information physical emotional uh, traumatic emotional information metabolic information it's it's different way different way to express something clock and if you are able to relate really precisely with this process inside you can help much better yeah that's really well said and i think that it's so important to remind ourselves as osteopaths who who claim and hold true that you know our tenants and one of those being looking at the whole person being this intimate unit of mind, body, and spirit. I think it's very important that we treat our patients with those in mind, the mind, the body, and the spirit. And I have to ask you, how would you, if you had to define, this is tough, this has been really challenging for me, the mind and the spirit, how do you understand the mind? How do you understand the spirit and how are those interconnected? It's a very tricky question. I will say why. It's a tricky question because in French, we don't have the exact translation for the word mind, we can, we, which can be translated with two or three words. And we don't have an exact translation for spirit which can be translated in two words. And the words are very, very important. And I don't know if I can understand really precisely what is in your mind with the word mind and spirit. And so my answer is a bit, the question is difficult. And also because English is not my maternal language, Sure. It, it makes it even difficult. Um, 
what I learn mostly is from uh, meditation and contemplation. Um, what is, as an osteopath, what is very important for me is the body. When people come to see us, is for body uh, symptoms. So we always need to get a connection with the body. We are not energetic healer. We are not psychotherapist. We are osteopaths. And what makes osteopaths is anatomy, anatomy and physiology. But what, what I learned from all these years, what, I, what, what is always incredible for me is when I feel in someone that with the help of releasing a, a sadness and anger, how directly I can feel in my hand how this T3, T4, or I don't know, uh, right ilium or I don't know, whatever in the body, but right in the anatomy and the biomechanic of the body, how when you release this information, how the mechanics of the body can directly shift. And what I learn a lot in from this meditation inside myself, when I'm able to release something and when my body um, gain a uh, uh, some some comfort, so more I'm, I'm able to get more uh, balance in my body directly when I release. So there is a direct direct connection that I can feel in my body between this emotional plane and the physical plane, and and also the experience in the in the clinic when when something emotional comes, and 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 how the interaction makes. In the in in this moment, directly, uh, a physical effect. So, for me, the relation uh, I I don't say anymore the relation. Now I say the entanglement. It's it's really yeah, it's really connecting in this way, and it's it's a, it's an experience of feeling uh, a felt sense in my hand that all these plans of existence are interconnected. And when you release in one plan, you get an effect in another one. And it, I, I really love it. It's, it's a pleasure to, to, to be able to get this experience on a daily basis to, to how this different plan of existence can relate and can help to to help the body come back to a better uh, sense of balance. Yeah. I don't know if it's answering your question, but yeah, yeah I think my, my my English will be not enough for mind and spirit. I mean, I'm I'm throwing some some heavy questions at you, and mm. I appreciate you engaging with them and doing your best to to answer. And I really appreciate that word entanglement. I really mm. like that. Um, the entanglement of the mind, body, and spirit. It really gets across from a graphic standpoint how they're so, you can't separate one from the other. Exactly. The person. And, and that, 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 that's also one point. When, when you know inside yourself as a practitioner 
that, that you cannot separate. When you interact with a client, with a, a patient, you come from this understanding and something mysterious in the body knows that you know. And because the system knows that you know, something can happen. Mm-hmm. I can only say this from experience. There is no research about it. But in the deeper relation be- between two consciousness, more you open yourself to possibilities, more the possibilities can uh, come um, uh, come alive in 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 the body of of the the people who, who come to see you. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's great. Now you were talking some. I can't believe we're already coming up on an hour. That's so many other questions. But you were talking about how you yourself, you know, I'm going to go back to when you were a kid, you weren't able to express mm. your emotional anger as maybe you should have. And as a result, you were storing up a little bit of anger here and a little bit of anger there. And then 20 years later, all these little manifestations now become this rage that you experience when you're on the treatment table in that osteopath's mm. office. So mm. I know you have a clinical course, which mm. um, you're putting together about osteopathy and children. Mm-hmm. Is it related to this idea of emotional release? And, and, and cool. what exactly do you mean by that? How should you create that environment where a child from a young age can in a healthy way, um, rid themselves of their emotions or express their emotions freely. I think oftentimes, like, you know, you're in the supermarket and you see this kid throwing a fit and pouting and sitting Mm. on the floor and crying and it kind of makes a scene and people become uncomfortable, you know? So, so how do you create that healthy environment for a, a child to express their emotions? Mm. First, thank you very much for your questions. I love osteopathy. And in osteopathy, in my, my practice, what I love, I think, the most is treating children with emotional disorders because it's completely related also with my story. I would love that someone um, helped me, welcome me when I was young. And... I don't know if, I would never be the osteopath I'm today. So, so I'm also really thankful to this disease because it has helped me to understand so many things. But it has also, when I look behind me, I can look now how imbalanced I was in my illness. And the problem is, when you become an adult, you can work on yourself and you can come back to a better expression of yourself in the daily life. But most of the times, it takes time, effort. And the thing what I love in, in with children 
is when they got an experience, a traumatic experience. What is a trauma? A trauma is, is, an exp is, is a stressful experience that the body kept keep the, the information in the future. So we, we leave a stress. If we are able to deal with the stress, the stress, the information is not anymore in the body and you can come to live your life in a balanced way. When it's not, when the stress is not able to um, completely discharge, for me, it's, it's a trauma, okay? Because the information is still alive even after the experience. And deeper inside ourselves, we are beauty, love, creativity, force. We, we got so, so many good things, sensations, and manifestations that, that, that are at the core of our being. We are stillness. And we will express ourselves in the world from this potential. When another information from, come from the environment, there is not anymore only the stillness, the beauty, the love. There is this information of sadness, of anger, of not being enough love. And now, from this time, you have to live from the balance of beauty and not beauty. And it will make, um, it will, you will have to either, your consciousness will either have to choose to live from your core or from, from your adaptation. And when, when the time is going, more and more experience come in front and makes this sadness more and more present. So when you work, when, when, when you start to work on yourself at 30, 40 or 50, there is maybe 10, 20 or 30 years of knowing this thing inside yourself. So your identification with the problem becomes your personality. And you don't know anymore that your real, your real self is beauty, is love, is force, is creativity. You lose a bit yourself. You make like a, a false self. When you work with children, the information from this experience of suffering is very fresh. It's not luck as a, like an adult. So the reversibility is very, very easy. And what want a children is he wants to come back to a fuller potential of expression, more freedom, as I say to do, more love, more freedom, more stillness, more tranquility. And this information of tranquility, stillness, love is very accessible on children because they don't get all these suffering layers that goes with life. So if you treat the children, they can very, very fast come back to their inner potential, to their original 
way of how they came to life. They came to, with this original potential. And they just want to be as close as possible to this early potential to live their life as close as they can to themselves, their deeper self. So when I treat a children, I welcome the suffering, but not all my attention is on the suffering. I know that they are much more than the than the suffering. There is another space which is in stillness. And when I'm able to put a bit of my intention on their suffering to welcome the suffering that has not been able to be welcomed in the past. And another part of my attention in, on, is on their beauty. There is a mysterious way, but it's like putting light on a dark room. When you put light on a dark room, there is no more dark. And on children, if you connect on them and you recognize their beauty, the beauty will transmutate the suffering. And, and it's very, very fast. On children, the, the parents say to you on one or two sessions, they say to you, wow, my children is not anymore in anger or he start le learning re reading very fast. Th th there is change that the, the, the physiology is able to take. It's, 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 it's as, as, as an osteopath, it's very, very beautiful. It's very beautiful because I know that this potential that these, these children is, is coming back to, he will make choice in his life from this potential, not from the suffering. We, sometimes we make choices in our life from our suffering, suffering like uh, relations, addictions, uh, uh, jobs, and but if we are able able to live from this deeper potential, sometimes we will do other choices, choices more connected to what we are really deeper. Uh, deeper behind the suffering and for me helping a children coming back to this potential and knowing that this potential can bring them to um, to choices in their life and to being able to relate with others with experiences in a more balanced way it's it's it's, it's, there is no words. I, uh, I, I love it. I love it. It's, um, and, and I saw it many, many times, many times. So, yeah, um, I don't know if it's clear enough and it's answering your question, but it's what I love so much. Yeah. Children. So, are you talking about doing a osteopathic treatment? on yeah. kids and yeah. the kids just have this almost kind of transformation from the little suffering that they've had in their young lives 
and they are that's eliciting like emotions of peace and serenity and tranquility and beauty and helping them reach kind of a fullness of who they are as a a young person yeah uh, maybe I, I i can share um a clinical example okay yeah. um Like two years ago, I saw um, an eight-year-old girl, and the the mother explained to me that she was um, experiencing a lot of anger. But it, all the family was suffering from this situation: the girl, the parents, the brother. Everyone in the family was suffering from this big anger, like almost on a daily basis. She 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 was not able to 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 live without this anger and so okay i took information and i put my so she was explaining me explaining, explaining me that um, she got a twin and um, the girl went from an assisted reproductive technology um, but because the mother was over 50 She was not able to do it in France. So she went to Greece. And uh, because the legislation there is possible over 50. So she tried one time and it didn't work. One year later, it was not possible anymore to do it in Greece. So she went to the, I don't know, the, another country close to Greece. And from this uh, um, uh, assisted reproductive technologies, I put two embryos. And when I put my hand on um, this girl, I felt that she was not a twin. There was two children in the uterus of her mother, but the other one, was not a twin. It was more like a squatter. She, she has to share a space, a little space, for nine months with someone in her deeper feeling who was not a, twi a, a twin. And the virtue of anger is the ability to express the need of your limit and and you 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 express the anger to get back to the proper space you need this is the virtue of anger but when you live in a uterus you cannot flight right. you can uh, so you have to for nine months when i recognize this pattern this experience on herself and bring back the memory of this experience in the present moment on a more uh, peaceful state, this little girl never gets anger anymore. Hmm. Incredible. It's... So she agreed with what you were saying that, hmm, Like, or just recognized 
what you were saying may have some validity to it? The validity, I always say to my patients, I can't take, I can't tell you anything, but if it doesn't uh, change what is what you need, it's just theory. You know, you, you can say anything. I think that it, but in this process, I felt something, I treat what I felt, and the change came. So for me, it's a, it's, I don't know if it's right, but it's, it, it can be a, a proof on itself. Sure. Because the, the problem which was behind and what the, the really deep suffering that this girl was expressing on a daily basis changed directly like uh, one or two uh, the, the day after she makes a big anger and after after this big anger she was i think i think she was discharging the rest expressing and after she was able to come back to a more to 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 a stillness a tranquility inside herself and and she was able to relate now more fully with this stillness and not with the anger, with not with the memories that this event has left on her. So no. I, 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 can, I can never say that I'm, I'm 100% sure. But what I say is when, when, when what I feel makes such a big change in someone, I trust the process, you know. I can only trust that something has happened, you know. <laughs> sure. Now, Laurent, I want to I want to ask you. So, was their chief complaint of that eight-year-old girl? Did yeah. the mom come in saying, you know, my daughter is always angry? Yeah. Or did they come in saying, you know, she always has neck pain or shoulder pain or headaches? No. She came. She came from for the anger because because more and more people know that i i can treat uh, uh, emotional issues on, on children now i got parents who come directly for for the emotional problem they, they don't not 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 for the physical they, they don't come for maybe they don't even get physical problem but they come okay my little girl get this emotional problem can you help her this this was the chief complaint and so where did you put your hands? And if you did a osteopathic treatment, what did you do? So first, what is very important is never lose the wholeness. So if I put on my hand on Becker Old, on the occipital, my hands are, are there, but my perception is always on the whole on the wholeness of their physical body, on the wholeness of deeper plan of existence. So I always try to keep uh, uh, the bigger attention as I'm able in that moment to receive the information needed. So even if my entry point is, for example, a big hold, uh, I don't, I, I, I keep an intention on the fuller body and the fuller space. So 
I put my hand there and it can change from place to place where when it's needed, but never, never lose this wholeness view of the person. This is the, the it comes back to what we were talking about uh, some minutes ago about if I'm able to get the more open, the more free to receive the information, more I will I will get, and more I will get, more I will be able to relate with it uh, with precision. Is it clear? So you put your hands on this eight-year-old girl's head, but you were you were looking at her as this person with the entanglement of the mind, body, and spirit. Exactly. Exactly. And so, so what did you do with your hands? Or with... Um, in this kind of treatment, I don't move so much. Um, um, in this entanglement, um, there is the information of anger. I could, in, in, in this process, there is either two possibilities I know. Either I synchronize with the anger and I try to, uh, and my, my, my hands will do like, a, I don't know, a facial release or um, something like this. But there will be movement in my head, to, in my hand, to release the tension in the tissue. Or you welcome with your hand the anger, but also you know in your hand that there is the stillness. And I keep both uh, information, we, which are entangled, which are really in an entanglement. They are both there, but the, the, what is re real is the in, in original information. The other one is the the anger is something that has been put on ourselves, but it's not really her, it's not really who she is. So I always keep my attention uh, on what she is really. So this is a hand sensation, but it's also uh, like, um, it's a, a sensation from my full body. Like I, I, I welcome your anger, but also I welcome who you are. I welcome in, in, your, in your core who you are. So, and when you do, when you are able to be with the two information in the same times, and if you put more of your attention on who she is really, the part who will win is the part on which you put more attention. Is it clear? Yeah, that's... Uh, it, it's, it, it, it's like there is a transmutation that occur the 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 anger wants to come back to to the anger is something that is cut is out of um, her deeper self it's like when you got uh, something that is scratch on your on your um, um, 
uh, on yourself and you want to release it you, you uh, it's not really yourself so what what is very important for me it's to relate to herself it's to bring back to a fuller expression of herself so for this i put my intention so in my hand can sometimes move can sometimes trip other space but always with the relation on her real self yeah that's that's interesting so it's almost my understanding is that sometimes these emotions such as anger could manifest as tension in the suboccipital region and you place your hands there and you do as you said maybe a myofascial release mm -hmm. and that anger which was held in the suboccipital region somehow gets released and then on top mm -hmm. of this you have this intentionality of wanting this eight-year-old girl who's in front of you to be there happy authentic joyful beautiful mm -hmm. self mm -hmm. and that's there's yeah there's something to that it's really difficult to explain but i don't doubt in any way that that is not a very impactful and powerful treatment osteopathic treatment mm. when 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 you do what you were talking about when you do this kind of myofascial release most of the time um or sometimes the 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 release will help someone to come back to this stillness mm -hmm. but sometimes sometimes for some people or for some story it's not it's not enough for me either if there is a myofascial release or if there is another way of treating what i what i i have to get in my hand at the end of the treatment it's a sense of balance harmony tranquility beauty and getting a myofascial release can be enough to get this feeling or sometimes even with the myofascial release i don't get this feeling of beauty in my hand and for me the end of the treatment is getting a balance tranquility beauty in my hand really is this person able to relate more fully with this potential of beingness yeah that's i mean that's great we've kind of come full circle you know you're talking about palpation is not just palpating the physical body it's also getting the information of their um, emotional states their mental state their spiritual mm -hmm. state I, I really like that you've you've given me some profound pearls that will impact how i look at and treat patients i mm. i really appreciate that perspective thank you 
Thank you very much for your words. It makes me very happy, very, oh, <laughs> it's a good feeling inside myself to hear your words. Yeah. Well, uh, do you want to talk a little bit about the course that you're planning for 2024? Yeah. So um, I will give the course first in France. Um, it's a four-day course. And I talk a lot about... Um, early developmental trauma, how the in utero birth and post-birth uh, stress and trauma can uh, imprint the body, the mind, the emotions, how it can, how can, how we can grow from this uh, influences and how it Uh, imprint the body and more important how we can relate and treat as an osteopath this early imprints that can show themselves as symptoms or pathology in the future um, yeah it's it's mostly from how we can understand how this early trauma impact uh, ourselves on all the different plan of existence So I'm very happy. I'm very happy because um, I see the benefit for children, and and I really think osteopathy is not uh, it's not magical because there is also the family life. There is also the education. The, we will not save the humanity with osteopathy, but if we can give an help um, as osteopath. Uh, for children and also because this next gen generation um, will need to be balanced to, to, to help our planet. Uh, I think if we can do a little things as osteopaths, modestly, but yeah, help children to be more balanced. Um, Yeah, it's a real pleasure to 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 help on this way and and giving a course and offering the possibility that more and more osteopaths uh, get this understanding. It's really really a present for for children, and um, it's a real pleasure for me. It give it it, it gives sense to to also this suffering I I, I had to been through. In my early life, and yeah, the, I, it's like a transmutation of my suffering to something with beauty to help people, and yeah, the, this is my wish for the this training. Yeah. Um, so, offer, yeah. Go go ahead. No, 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 it's okay. You, you can ask your question. So, who can sign up for this course, and where do people sign up for this course? Now, for now, the, the course is only in France and in French. Um, I hope in the future it can be wherever it's needed. Uh, for this course, what is needed is to be open to the possibility that um, this entanglement is, uh, is real. Um, the possibility is that it's possible to relate with Um, and the the love for children and the love for 
for service to to help them grow more balance. That's it. A bit of sensitivity and openness. Yeah. And yeah. love for children. That's Sounds it. quite fascinating. Now, may I include your email in the show notes so that people could reach uh, out to you if they have questions about the course yeah. or other questions about what we spoke about? It's most welcome. I, I, I like, I love to share. So my English is what it is. So I hope for everyone that is enough clear. And I, I, I really thank you um, the, the way you came back to the words I put and make me make it maybe clearer for the listeners. Um, if it has not been enough clear, yeah, people can write to me. And if yeah, people want to organize this kind of courses, it's more, most welcome. I'm I'm really happy to 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 share this information uh, more deeply. Yeah, what you're talking about, early developmental trauma, especially in utero, reminds me of a podcast episode that I had with Dr. Travis Gordon, who's mm. been on the podcast a few times and will be coming to Michigan State in two weeks to give us a course on somato-emotional release, looking at trauma from early embryonic development in utero so it's it's interesting to me that there are osteopaths in completely different parts of the world different cultures different languages who are looking at something very similar early development mm -hmm. trauma in utero so yeah um i'm gonna have to say uh yeah dr gordon you need to talk to laurent yeah. about, uh, your idea thanks yeah. Yes. Thank you so much for your time. You know, can I say? Can I say a little last word? Absolutely. What I want to say is, our deeper potential of beauty is never lost. It's always there and want to express itself. So, trust, trust it. I. I what, what India and Asia offered me also is the, the full potential. We, we, we lost the, the, the understanding of the potential we get as human, the potential of yeah, love, beauty, and peacefulness. And, yeah, and if we trust that it's never lost, it can come back more and more and more in our life and we can live from this place. And yeah, this is my deepest feeling. And yeah, never trust it, trust it. We are we, we, deeper inside ourselves, deeper behind the suffering, there is beauty always. Yeah, I appreciate that. And I think that's a great, a great uh, message to end on. There's always hope to become our authentic self, our beautiful self, our loving self, and um, to never lose hope in that. So thanks for sharing your story, your ideas. I have to say that this has been a wonderful conversation and has and will influence how I practice 
osteopathy in the future. So thank you so much. And you have a wonderful rest of your weekend and afternoon. Mm, thank you. To, to, today, it's, uh, there is a big festival in my city. So today is a music festival. It will be a, a good weekend. Yeah, I really, really love it. And thanks, Ben. Thanks, Ben, a lot for yeah, your invitation and your trust to share it's um yeah i appreciate it a lot thank you thank yeah you, very much. you know everybody everybody every individual human being has something to teach me and and teach other people i believe and that's the beauty of the podcast that people get mm. their experience share their stories share their perspective of osteopathy and i think it's it's uh, very enriching so thank you merci beaucoup Okay, merci. Okay, we'll talk to you soon. Okay, bye. I wish you a lovely day. Bye. Thank you, you as well. Bye. I hope you all enjoyed this conversation and took away a few clinical pearls. If you would like to reach out to Laurent, you may at laurentmaillard.osteopath at gmail.com. You can find his email in the show notes. If you would like to share your story or have comments or people you would like to have on the podcast, please reach out to the podcast at onmmpodcast at gmail.com. This mail will be found in the show notes, and we will see you in the next episode.